You're watching Truth versus Hype. Tonight, revealing the names of bank defaulters, which the RBI and the Prime Minister's office do not want you to know about. The context is this. Controversy has broken out after the Central Information Commission sent a notice to the RBI and the PMO over their reluctance to reveal the name of top bank defaulters. The notice referred to a Supreme Court order which had overridden the RBI's objections in making these names public. The order also referred to a list given by Raghuram Rajan, former head of the RBI, in early 2015 to the Prime Minister's office of names of defaulters or rather fraudsters. Neither the RBI or the PMO have responded to queries over their reluctance to reveal these names. But here's the thing. The RBI's guidelines stipulate that banks are meant to share this list of defaulters with the public, directly or through credit rating agencies. So we looked at the websites of India's top 10 public and private sector banks to see what information, if at all, they'd made public. Of these, only four public sector banks had put up lists of willful defaulters on their websites with the amount that they were due. So the listing is imperfect, but here is what we could uncover, starting with the Punjab National Bank, which is, which is the biggest in terms of defaulters, over a thousand of them, amounting to about 23,000 crores of defaults. This includes, of course, the Mehul Choksi Nirav Modi companies, that comes to about 7,500 crores. The Winsome Group of companies, also jewellers, about 1,600 crores, of which Jatan Mehta is one of the directors. A company called Kudos Kemi, about 1,300 crores. Then, of course, Kingfisher Airlines, 600 crores. The Bank of Baroda has also put up some data of about 300 defaulters owing about 6,200 crores. Of this, the top names include Rotomac Global, the pen company, 457 crores. Again, Kingfisher with about over 400 crores. A company called ABC Cotspin, 362 crores. And another company, Ray Agro, 318 crores. IDBI Bank, as well, has listed about over 150 defaulters amounting to 11,000 crores, which includes Amtec Auto with about 1,500 crores, EPC Constructions, 900 crores, S. Kumars, 830 crores, and Kingfisher also making it to that list. And finally, Syndicate Bank, 200 defaulters, 200 plus defaulters, about 1,000 crores of defaults. Again, the top defaulters includes the Forever Precious Group, Zilog Systems, companies like Nakoda Limited and Zoom Developers, who are a mix of jewelry, real estate, infrastructure, broadly in those lists of defaulters that have been named and shamed. But look at the banks that have not listed any data, which includes the State Bank of India, which is India's biggest bank, as well as Bank of India, Canara Bank, and a number of others that we've listed uh, on the screen. None of the private banks have listed any defaulters. So in total, based purely on what banks have disclosed, it comes to about 1,800 defaulters and about 40,000 crore rupees of willful defaults. Now this, as we've just explained to you, is an underestimation because several banks haven't put out their numbers. But we do have aggregate numbers based on official data to the Lok Sabha from July this year, which shows that the actual defaulters are almost 10 times higher than what is publicly available. The total defaulters are 9,500, and the total amount owed is 1.3 lakh crores, which is three times higher than the information we could cull from these websites. And also, what the Lok Sabha tells us, worryingly, is that defaults 
are rising and they are rising rapidly. The total number of defaulters are up by 14 percent and the total amount is up by almost 70 percent. Now all this suggests that while some names are there on the websites of these banks in the public domain, there are many, many more willful defaulters who perhaps owe even bigger amounts that remain unnamed. Are those names with the RBI? Are they with the Prime Minister's office? We simply don't know. Okay, let's go across uh, now to our panel. I have here in the studio with me Gurcharan Das, who's a former CEO of Procter & Gamble and now a writer, a scholar, a thinker. Also joining us, Tamal Bandopadhyay, consulting editor, Business Standard, joining us from uh, Mumbai, someone who's very, very well conversant with the banking system. Uh, Vipin Malik, former director of the RBI and chartered accountant, joining us. And from Skype, uh, Devinder Sharma, food and trade policy analyst, because there's this entire debate about the manner in which banks and big financial institutions treat corporate debt versus how they treat agricultural debt and debt of those who are at the lower end of the economic spectrum. Let me just start by asking you, Tamal, because you know the banking system and you also understand how the RBI works. Yeah. Why do you think that there's this reluctance to make these names public, either by the RBI or the Prime Minister's office, given that at least some of the names, as we've just put, you know, the information we put out, are unlikely to be big surprises. Many of these are known names and known companies. Yeah, thanks, Riddhi. Uh, <clears throat> give me a little time to give the perspective. The first point is this concept, willful defaulter, yes. is very unique okay. uh, in India. Nowhere in the world you have this concept of willful defaulter. Hmm. Right? Similarly, that also the technical write-off, again, is related to bad assets. Again, unique to India. Nowhere in the world you have this. Hmm. So it's very difficult to have it in the global perspective, any discussion. Right. That's point number one. Point number two is this. Who decides willful defaulter? What is the definition? Definition is you have uh, ability to pay, but you are not paying. Now, yes. who decides on that? And even I have diverted money. Money has no color. So. That, that's a very confusing thing. This is the RBI thing. definition now, it, that it, you're Is it out. criminal? I mean, again, there is no criminal. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I'm just saying also there is no criminality involved. If Indeed, if I have in diverted fund, etc., is hmm. it a criminal offense? Again, in Indian banking law, this is very vague. Okay. Okay. And also, this entire making defaulters list or anything else, hmm. it's not part of the Banking Regulation Act. Banking, in fact, Banking Regulation Act is silent about this, but others like Bank Nationalization Act, State Bank of India Act, etc., talks about uh, what you call the so-called fiduciary, fiduciary responsibility or the contract right. between a bank, the lender, and the borrower prevents the prevents the banks. But uh, Tamal, what do you call sorry it? to interrupt. Bound, bound by Tamal, yes, Tamal, I, I, that I, is, that, I appreciate. Yeah. I appreciate no, what no, you're saying, that, but just just to quickly yeah, let, jump let me, in there, just to quickly me, jump in there, the Supreme Court actually has overruled some of those concerns huh. of the RBI about this business of fiduciary responsibility. No, no, no. Sorry, again. And it actually said that there's again, no problem no, no, in disclosing names. I'm coming to that. Look at the no, 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 no. Look at the Supreme Court judgment in the detail. It, it begins uh, saying certain things and when it ends, it's not very clear. So I am not getting into a contempt of court or anything like that. But to say that Supreme Court has indeed told that 
this defaulter's lead should be made public. Okay. It's not correct interpretation. Okay, I, let me. I, I request you. I am requesting you to go through this. Having said that, having said that, my point is which Dr. Raghuram Rajan also said, and he did say in his interface with the analyst post uh, monetary policy conference yes. in 1960, I think 2016, we should make it. We should make it public, but use our discretion where there is genuine reason uh, persons are not been able to pay yes. that uh, let's leave those names out but the rest of the names should be made public okay. and i Gorcharan think that's, das, that's that's the right way to go about okay gorcharan das you you are familiar with the workings of corporate india do you think that this business of naming and shaming works or does it work? well you know there there's now fortunately a registry hmm. of which is used by all banks, hmm. NBFCs, right. and what it shows is the, 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 the capability of the person hmm. to pay back a loan. Right. And this is being used uh, very, very extensively. And these names yes. who have not paid yes. should be in that registry. And it should be... Now, the naming should and Should it only be within the banking and the financial system or should it be in public domain as now increasingly many are demanding? Yes, I think if since this we are a democracy, hmm. so there, there's certainly uh, it, 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 there's nothing wrong hmm. when that to know what the credit worthiness of a person is. Everybody, also, everyone who gives a loan yeah. to someone yeah. wants to know the credit worthiness. Of the, of, of the person. So and, and I also, totally agree with you. And also, it's not just about credit worthiness, because I think what has come up here is also the question of exactly how banks are dealing with this money, well, public money which is entrusted to them. And as, as Tamil was saying, that, that perhaps definitionally, you, one could quibble over what a willful defaulter is or not. But when you see a number of instances of high-profile yes. defaulters, fraudsters, who've essentially fled this country, who owe banks crores of rupees, and where there does seem to be prima facie some evidence of criminality. Now, you know, doesn't that bolster the case then yeah, yeah. for no, public I, transparency? Yeah. The the, the 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 bigger question now is that mm. the you know this government has made many mistakes, like the demonetization, etc. But one good thing it has done mm. is the bankruptcy law and insolvency law. Right. That if you see if you read. Yes. The proceedings of the NCLT courts, yes. which are really being effective. Yes. A lot of people are losing their companies right now. No, absolutely. And they've begun to pay back also right. their really? loans. And I, all I want to tell you is yeah. that that is actually showing us exactly what you're talking about. Is how to... The, how to the, how to sort of recover. Yes. But okay, let me just go across to Vipin Malik. Albert, and that should be publicized. Well, we actually did report on it, and there is some quibble over exactly how much is being recovered. At the moment, banks are taking a very high haircut, even out of the IBC. Yeah. They're taking a 60 to 70% haircut, but anyway, perhaps the process will improve. some people have lost their companies. Some people have lost Six. their companies. Vipin Malik, former RBI director, uh, why is the RBI so reluctant to part with this information. Uh, Raghuram Rajan has given names to the Prime Minister's office. Now we have the Information Commissioner saying disclose the names. Uh, why are they refused, uh, reluctant to do it, in your view? Uh, there are two reasons, could be two reasons. One is that all these uh, the bad fishes or I mean, defaulters, uh, willful or otherwise, uh, could be that 
they are politically very much linked. Right. After all, all these companies have made huge political donations. Right. Whichever the, the government is in power. Right. So when such, when they become defaulters, the, 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 the political parties help them hmm. in, in, in covering up their operations. Yes. And second is that sometimes what happens is that there are economic conditions also. When hmm. economic conditions are bad and Reserve Bank uh, and the government feels that because of the economic conditions, I mean, disclosing the names will affect the, the whole country's mirror worldwide. Hmm. So that is what, another reason that they do not want to disclose the names. Okay. But let me tell you in a, my experience. Yes. I was in uh, 2000s, year 2000 or earlier, Yes. On, was on the board of IFCI. IFCI was the biggest, had the biggest defaulters list. And in IFCI. spite of our best efforts okay. and legal uh, notices, we could not, we could not recover. Okay. So what I decided, I was the chairman audit committee. So what I said that now you do one thing, hmm. go to the to the chairman and MDs of these defaulter companies at their home, hmm. and take the dholwala, and <laughs> that dholwala should start from the the colony where he lives, until <laughs> that, and every Sunday yes. they should go and uh, pit out that hole and say that this man is a defaulter. <laughs> so please be careful and on it, dealing with that. And it happens. Can I tell you, Srinivas, that that we could recover substantial portion because of that? <laughs> oh my so God! So you had to take such actions. What to talk about? I, I I did that, and I was very successful on the on that recovery. Okay, that's that's a novel that's a novel approach. Take a hole and go in and bajao it outside the the homes yeah. of defaulters. Uh, can I just oh, bring in? Three, three can I just bring in Devendra Sharma? And we were paying something like per uh, five five thousand rupees to for, 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 per day and three hours in the morning, three hours in the evening. It saves you. It saves you hundreds of crores of lawyers' fees. Lawyers won't be very happy. Devendra Sharma, if I can just bring you in because you've been yes. arguing. Yeah. that there is this double standards and let's yeah. actually put up some of those figures because as debt rises and we all we, we know that NPAs are rising non-performing assets are rising we know how much gets written off if you look at it in terms of gross bad debt at the moment is almost hit 8 lakh crores but agricultural debt of which so much is made is only 62,000 crores but yet we hear instance after instance of farmers being arrested, thrown in jail, harassed in a way which is, it seems, much more intense than the sort of response that you get if you are higher up on the corporate ladder. Well, I think you are right, and uh, the way I say it, it's a, it's a, it's a scandal. It's a huge scandal in which uh, there's a deep-rooted nexus between politicians and the, and even the economists, and uh, also the people who, 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 who don't spare any movement to be on the back of the corporates, and uh, they all join hands and uh, they try to give you an idea as if, uh, oh my God, this is something which is unavoidable, and so these people are under stress and so on. Tell me one thing: if uh, Shrinivas, you and me are under debt from a bank, I'm sure your, your lifestyle would, would, would come down. You will be sending off your car, maybe you're setting off a part of your house or land or something to make up for the for the loss that you're incurring. But do you do you ever see that happening in a corporate? Hmm. They have their own lavish style, they travel abroad, you know, they get haircuts, very convenient haircuts, and their life goes on as usual. In fact, they get rid of they get rid of their burden and right. they go off easily off the hook. Now look at we the farmers 
On yes. the other hand, we have hundreds and hundreds of farmers, hundreds of thousands of farmers in this country who are actually behind the bars. And the fault is what? Somebody is defaulting on one lakh rupees, somebody on two lakh, somebody on nine lakh and whatever. Hmm. These are the kinds of defaults on which farmers are put in jail. Their names are put on the Tasir headquarters. The pictures are also there. It looks as if they are terrorists. Look for them. Then they are, they are, they, their properties are being seized. Uh, you know, one day or the other, they'll come and do it. And that's one reason why more farmers commit suicide because they can't withstand the humiliation that comes along with it. Okay, and then finally, we yeah. find that uh, in, let's say, I give you an example of Punjab. You know, Punjab, the uh, Punjab Agriculture Development Bank had issued notices to about 75,000 farmers. Uh, you know, for what? For default. And default of one kist, it's one one installment they're defaulting, not the entire amount. Okay. And then what happens is they they, they put up the bounce check, they, they they take the vacant checks or, or blank checks from these farmers, and then they know they can't he pay, pay he can't pay back. Okay, and they will they that check, and that becomes a criminal case, okay. and then you put them in behind bars. Okay, they will no, my let me... is why can't same process be applied for the corporates? Let them also go behind bars okay, and believe come... me, all money will come out. Okay. All money will come out. All right, Gurcharan Das has his hand up. Yeah. Gurcharan. You know, I think let's not make it a bleeding heart story okay. of fat corporates and poor farmers. The reality is... Why not? No, because two wrongs don't make a right. The reality is that when you take a loan from, you, from anyone, I take a loan from you, it's a promise yes. that I will pay you back. So, so whoever does not pay back should there should be consequences. consequences. Now, the fact is that mm. the, the... But isn't the, so, isn't so the, it is, isn't it the is, double standards, so this, though, that, no, no, that's what makes it... I know, it, I know, it's staring uh, us in the face. But, yeah. but listen for a minute. Yes. That, you know, the, 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 the reality is this mm. farm loan waivers are a very bad thing. They have done more damage to people who have paid back their loans because they have realized that they were fools right. to pay back their loans. Okay. But let me... We're let not me, on waivers, though. Yeah. yeah, but so I'm not... Again, I know and we're not on waivers, but the principle is the same. Now, what, we knew, what you need to do, what actually the original sin in all this is the fact that you should have used this banking crisis to denationalize some of these... The most rotten right. banks. Right. You know, we have good public sector banks yes. and we have really rotten public sector banks. Yes. Now they're talking about combining them. Right. So you hide the problem. Right. And what you're going to do is you're going to weaken the good ones. Right. And what I would have done is taken the 10 worst public sector banks with the worst NPAs. And privatize them. And just bring the government shareholding down to 49%. Someone? And it would have sent a, such a powerful signal. Okay. This was an original sin from Indira Gandhi's time. Okay. And this government, we hoped, would do, would have the guts but instead, in, to in, do in, the things. In, instead, they're, and, they're locked in a... Yeah, in a, and, and we are, look at the... Look, and they're locked. Let me just go to Tamil for that. Instead, Tamil Bandopadhyay, the government is locked in almost, it seems, a fight to the finish uh, with the RBI over precisely, actually, some of these issues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tell me, tell me what exactly you want me to say. I mean, what's your question? My question <laughs> really is, what is the way out that you see? Because, I mean, at a time when yeah. you really need the regulator, you need all the gatekeepers to be firing all cylinders, they seem to be now la yeah. locked in yeah. this sort of, you know, almost yeah. death race uh, with the RBI. Both sides are, are trying to stare each other down. And as of now, we 
as we know, the government is always going to win. Yeah. Hmm. No, Srini, I, I think, you know, this is, <clears throat> yes, indeed, there are serious differences of opinion. And for the first time in the history of Reserve Bank of India, at least since 1949, mm. when this particular clause came into this, uh, Section 7, which empowers the RBI, which empowers the government to direct RBI, has come in force. So <clears throat> it is quite grave, it is quite serious. But the point to note is this section, which you call it Section 7 in RBI, and it, it calls something else in other mm. regulators, mm. whether it's SEBI, whether it's TRAI, whether it is any other, <clears throat> this power of the government is always there. In every, every, every uh, constitutionally government owns this power. Yes. Uh, but here the difference is government cannot do anything uh, uh, without consulting the Reserve Bank of India. So that's the unique, uh, <clears throat> unique part of it. So this, uh, we believe that consultation is on, but the unfortunate part is it's in the open. What should be within the you know closed door? Yeah. I mean, a husband and wife, it's a very wrong simile, but can fight. <laughs> but yes. outside you have to you know hold hand yes, and smile and say all are fine. Uh, but here this is not the case. Yeah, it's all in the, that's unfortunate Do part. Uh, now what's going to happen? What's going to happen is uh, it's anybody's guess. But I think I think good sense will prevail, and okay. there will be some way, you know, some kind of rush, uh, rapprochement at least for the timing. But we can't. Let's hope so. We, uh, can, can I get up to do that? But one, one very important point. Uh, Srini, just one important. Very quickly. Srini, very one quickly. important point I want to make is very clear that apart from other, uh, apart from the thing, how much money you give to government, etc., etc., there are other points which are regulatory issues like relaxing the you know pca norms etc etc very quickly do you agree with gurcharan das that that's really the only way out i i i say further to what mr gurcharan das is saying not only privatize the rotten banks privatize all the nationalized banks it, i mean it's a all way. nationalized banks should be provided why is it a government business to own the banks let it be uh, let it be owned by the uh, people at large of the, this country. Okay. Oh, and after all, this is a depositor's money. No country. And depositor's money is being used for the write-offs of the loans, bad loans, um, and they, 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 where there is a vested interest. Right. Okay. So Let's just no get last words from Devendra Sharma. Uh, and then I rather, I at one day, when this 2004, I to I this uh, finance minister, I had written a letter to him right. that the first. I uh, think you should do is to privatize the banks. Okay, Devendra Sharma, we have to leave it there. And, then and bring we, it and then to 49%. Devendra Sharma. Allow me, Srinivasan. I think it will be disastrous if we, if we privatize the national banks. What about ICIC Bank? It is in terrible trouble. Should we nationalize that bank? And why should we nationalize that bank? It is not doing well. Look at Chanda Kocher. She is still free. I don't understand how can you apply two kinds of principles for, for the public sector banks and the private sector banks. Lehman Brothers was not a, not a, not a nationalized bank. So private sector also has its problems. And let's not bring in uh, private sector and problem onto the entire, entire banking okay, system. No, no country in the world has 70% of it. We've opened up a new front about a debate on nationalizing banks or not, and that's perhaps outside the, the limits of this show, or at least the time limit that we have. But thank you all so much uh, for joining us. We will continue to track the story. But that's all the time we have on Truth versus Hype. Thanks for watching. Goodbye.